everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TMA Toronto podcast. I'm Jonathan Yancey, a financial services lawyer at Airden Burles and member of TMA Toronto's Social Networking Committee. And today I'm happy to have on the podcast Graham Phoenix, who leads Loopstra Nixon's uh, Bankruptcy, Insolvency and Restructuring Group. Graham, thanks so much for joining us today. Not a problem. So before we get to restructuring law, um, many of our colleagues might not know that you're a member of the 102.1 The Edge Hall of Fame for your work in radio. Tell us about that. Yes, it's a, a very esteemed hall. Um, so I have, uh, I have no radio background other than a face for radio. And um, I was working a terrible landscaping job as a student in my undergrad. And Molson Canadian had a contest to be a radio intern. So I walked in off the street. I told a joke, I sang a song, I played guitar, I did a voice and I got hired. Um, and then uh, I worked, I would, so that summer I worked for the Humble and Fred Morning Show, did all manner of things, good and bad. After my, after that I, I quit, um, or I didn't quit, the internship ended and I went to school. I went back to UBC for a year. And then I came back and I continued on and I worked everything from promotions to writer, to producer, to board operator. Uh, right up until I ended up in the creative group where I was uh, writing ads and doing voices. Um, and then I think probably the reason, the thing that impressed the radio folks the most is that they offered me a significant promotion and I just said, nah, I'm going to go to law school. So in an industry where there is an infinite number of young people wanting to be involved, the fact that someone just walked away, I think sort of said, oh, this guy, this guy has an idea about what he may want to do. So I think that's how I made it into the Hall of Fame, but little did, did anyone know I had no idea what I wanted to do. So you went from you went from radio Hall of Famer to restructuring lawyer. How how did how did that happen? I mean, you, you mentioned law school. Why restructuring law? Uh, that's largely an accident, I think. So when I articled, um, you know, this is when I get asked this question in article interviews by students. This is my standard response. I. I went in wanting to be a litigator, but I think that was mostly mostly because of uh, movies and TV and you can't handle the truth and so on and so forth. Um, but I had a really good uh, set of corporate articles, including bringing in a client of my own that I worked and that was really rewarding. And then I didn't know what to do. I thought if I told the firm I was switching gears that they wouldn't have a home for me. And then when I got my hire back offer, it wasn't in litigation, it wasn't in corporate, it was in insolvency. And I had very limited exposure um, to the insolvency team at all during articles. Um, but uh, uh, I connected with Edmund Lamech, who was then the head of the, the group where I was. And uh, he explained that I would get to do both things, litigation and corporate work. So it seemed to be a, a happy mistake. But uh, I think that's, that's how I ended up in, the, in restructuring. Hmm. That's, that's great. And it brings me to a question I was going to ask you later, but I'll jump to it now, which is what, what's the value that a restructuring lawyer brings when we talk about lawyers and we talk about restructuring professionals what's the middle of that venn diagram look like uh, i think everybody in in our industry will say we have to be acutely aware of the sort of business realities and the and the and the, and the objectives of what we do not just the process um, but i think the value changes probably on a file-to-file -file basis aside from the fact that you know our value is we work 24 hours a day as needed which is sometimes painful but i think that there's sort of two key pieces that i would suggest we bring which is one we help clients just cut through the noise and get to the critical pieces and i find that 
dealing, you know, especially if I have transactions that involve non-insolvency lawyers, it's, it's even a challenge just to get those professionals to accept that A, B, and C do not matter. So I think that helps with, you know, especially if you're working for a distressed client, it helps them cut through the noise. And then I think the other uh, thing we do is, is, is um, tied to that, which is basically like, I think we're stress balls. And by that, I mean, we absorb stress. We don't, you know, let it off. And I, I often feel like what I'm, what my clients, when, when I'm dealing with a, with, with a distressed company, um, what I'm doing for their CFO or their president or their in-house counsel or whomever I'm working with is I'm just taking their stress. Like I'm taking components of their, what they've been responsible for probably until I showed up on the scene um, and just taking it away. So I think cutting through the noise and cutting down on the stress for the, the people while they try to work through what is very a very stressful time are, are two sort of key elements that, that professionals bring to the table. Before, before you came to Loopster Nixon, you worked briefly in house. You talk about to cutting through noise and taking away stress. Um, is, can, can you abstract from some of your experience working at a, at a client back to private practice? What, what did you learn from that experience? Um, I learned that as, as clever as private practice lawyers think they are, there's an entire ecosystem occurring inside mm -hmm. a client that we are maybe not aware of. And I think that I think that the way you approach that depends on who your direct report is. So if you're reporting to an owner operator or the president or someone who is truly the buck stops here member of a, a client team, I think in that circumstance, your, your function has to be a little broader. You have to know that they live and die, not just on the legal issues that you're dealing with on a given file, but on what's going to happen a year from now or five years from now. So, you, you know, it's more strategic. But when you have a really big institution, a large client ecosystem, you have to appreciate who your direct report is because they are really trying to satisfy their obligations internally. And more often than not, if you're dealing with a CFO or a, a GC in-house, they're trying to manage a cost center internally, which is just brutal, right? So yes, you have to be right. Uh, you have to give the right advice, but you have to understand that you're, you're managing costs and they're, they're reporting within their ecosystem. And so really, I think what the answer is, no matter who you're working for, you have to make them look good. And sometimes that even means being a willing scapegoat for uh, cost issues, or if there's, there's legal issues that can't be surmounted, but uh, it's really about, you know, yes, delivering the right, the right product and, and getting the right result, but making your direct reports look good because that's what they, they need to get, get their job done. What's something you get to do in your job every day or, or at least most days that you love? Well, currently, I love that I can drink coffee in court because when we're at Zoom, no one's going to shush me out of the, out of the courtroom. But, uh, um, you know, I think Maybe this is a corny answer, but I think I just enjoy dealing with our professional community. Like it's, uh, it really is, you know, and a lot of us will, will, will do work outside of our space. And, you know, you may, or it may leave you with a less than savory flavor in your mouth, having dealt with a really aggressive piece of litigation or a really frustrating corporate deal. But I think our, our practice area, the professionals, uh, you know, dealing with them in day in and day out, whether it's a lawyer, a trustee, receiver, monitor, or uh, an advisor, it's, it's really one of the more rewarding things. So I guess that would be it. 
Absolutely. I, 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 I 100% agree with that. Um, last question for you before I let you go. Uh, give me a book recommendation. What's, what's a good book you've read in the last year? Um, well, I'm currently, okay, I'm going to give you, it's not from the last year, but, and uh, for some people, it may not be the best recommendation, but I'm reading a book right now called The Glass Hotel. It's by an author, Canadian author named uh, Emily St. John Mandel. But I'm actually going to refer you back to a previous book, which was um, critically uh, acclaimed. And uh, I didn't read it this year. I didn't read it during the pandemic. And ironically enough, it's about a pandemic. Um, but it's not the typical Walking Dead, Mad Max, post-apocalyptic, you know, how many guns can I carry in my backpack type, uh, you know, uh, shoot them up type story. It's, it's, it's much different. And um, it's about sort of the grind down of human society, the, the halting of human society and, and how people find their place in the world after that. It's, it's quite good. It's, uh, it's very poignant. And, um, and most importantly, or interestingly, it, it, a lot of it is set in Toronto. So it starts in Toronto and it, you know, there's a lot of traveling through it, but it's, uh, it truly has a Canadian element to it. So it's a, uh, it's a really neat book. And, and that book is called, I almost forgot the most important part. It's called Station Eleven by uh, Emily St. Jean Mandel. That's great. Well, I'll, I'll definitely add that one to my list. Uh, Graham, thanks so much for making time to, to chat with me today. Uh, thanks uh, to our listeners for, for uh, following the podcast and, um, and look forward to working with you on a file again soon. Absolutely. And in, in, in my old radio days, we would talk about QM, which is a way to measure how many people are listening to your broadcast. So I hope that the QM on this is double digits, at least. <laughs> uh, you heard it from the Hall of Famer, folks. Let's, let's uh, push the QM way up. Thanks again. All right. Have a good one.